How we doing, in Christ community? All right, we good? All right, hey, there we go, we're awake. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, one of the pastors here. Um, we're so excited about this all-in baptism event that's coming up August 21st. Foster Aaron's little uh, preview there ran for it. So we have partnered with um, Autumn Ridge, and together we're just throwing this community-wide baptism party, and we'd love for you to be part of it. If that's your next spiritual step, and for some of us that's our next spiritual step, is to go public with our faith in Jesus through baptism, then you can, you can sign up through our website. Uh, if you just wanna come participate, celebrate, the park's gonna be open to the public, all the stuff is gonna be wide open, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, some of the stuff's gonna require sign up, so if you wanna participate on some of the, the stuff that's floating in the lake and some of that other, I don't know, all the things that are there, but it's allinrochester.com is the website. So you can get there from the front page of our website, but to sign up, we just created this new website with Autumn Ridge, and we're really excited to be together with one of the other churches here in our community, and of course, to um, do this in a public way. Baptism's a really cool thing, so let's participate. Um, if you're new, love for you to, um, those of you here in the room, if you would uh, shoot that QR code in front of you, on the chair in front of you, or those of you who are online, if you would click the connect button, because you're new here, We'd love to meet you, get a chance to introduce you to some of our leadership, answer any questions, how can we pray for you, how can we serve you, that kind of stuff. And we'll be real careful with your information and um, just love to know and help connect you to the best thing Christ Community has to offer, which is the people who go to church here. And um, we're wrapping up, you see we're under full sale, we're wrapping up our series this weekend um, that we've been in for the last several weeks on God the Holy Spirit. We've taken five or six weeks to talk about uh, this Christian doctrine of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we've been just exploring the work of God the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've grabbed this image of being under full sail because Jesus told us that the Spirit of God, is kind of, he's kind of like the wind. You can't, you can't see him, but you can feel it. You can't control it, but you can sure get in it and propel you along and so we've been having a great time. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've missed out on some of this stuff, they're on the website for you. But this weekend, we're gonna wrap it all up. And I wanna talk with you about gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to us. So a while back, I was reading this book, and the author was talking about 21st century United States, and he said that Americans are chasing happiness. Like, that's our thing. We're, we're ordering and organizing our lives trying to make ourselves happy. So the problem with that is, I'm, like, I'm, all, for, I'm all for happiness, <laughs> but the problem with that is, is happiness is a byproduct. It's not something that you can, like that you can manufacture, like you can't grab it yourself, you can't pursue happiness and get it there's some other things that you pursue, and as you pursue those other things, then happiness in your life is a result of that. And that's true in the natural world. It's true in the world that we can see and touch and participate in. It's, there, are just, there are certain things that, that we pursue, and the byproduct of that for us is happiness. It's also exponentially true in the spiritual world. In the world that we cannot see, we can feel it, we can participate in it, it's part of our reality, but in the spiritual world, the, the byproduct, there are certain things that if you and I will pursue these certain things, not just happiness, but like deep happiness, joy, satisfaction, purpose, meaning in our lives, we'll pursue some of these other things, happiness for us will be the result. And the good news is, for people like you and me, 
that God has given us what we need in order to have and experience this, this deep sense of happiness, this purpose, meaning, joy, fulfillment in our lives, and it comes to us through things that Bible scholars, Bible teachers have kind of labeled as, as spiritual gifts. So let me give you a, just a summary of what I wanna talk with you about today, just give you a couple of sentences that this is, boil it all down. If you remember this, you've got the big point. So true happiness, and by true happiness, we're talking about deep satisfaction. It is a byproduct of living an upwardly and outwardly focused life. And God the Holy Spirit gives me, gives you what we need in order to live this kind of life. These are gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to us. And so last week we talked about how we let God the Holy Spirit be our motivation, be our empowerment, be our guide. And I really wanna continue that conversation with you this weekend and talk about something that has been labeled, like I said, as spiritual gifts. So let me, I don't really wanna define them for you as much as I wanna just give you three kind of biblical descriptions of what a spiritual gift is. So let's start with this idea. A spiritual gift is gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives me so that I can be part of something bigger than myself. Probably the greatest tragedy of any life is a life that's just lived selfward. It's a life lived that just all it is is for you. It, you never get to participate in anything that's bigger than you. If, if you've never been part of something bigger than yourself, you're really missing out. And, and spiritually, that's exponentially true. And, and God the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts so that we can be part of something bigger than ourselves. In, in Romans chapter 12, verse five, the images of a body, and it says, in Christ, those of us who are believers in Jesus, we, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And so, so by virtue of being a believer in Jesus, you're part of something bigger than just you, and these spiritual gifts really allow you to take part in that. And so, so these spiritual gifts, first description, they're, they allow me, God gives me this gift to be part of something bigger than myself. Second thing is, this is a practical way, these gifts are practical ways that God the Holy Spirit makes himself known to us through me. And you can say that of yourself. It's, it's something that God the Holy Spirit does through me, but it's for us, and he makes himself known in this way. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is one of the other major chapters where these spiritual gifts are talked about, now to each one, the manifestation, the, the revealing, the making known of the Spirit of God is given for the common good. So this, this is not these, these gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives us, they're they're not for me, for my good, they're for our good, but remember an upwardly and outwardly focused life always leads to deep satisfaction, true happiness. And so, so it allows me to be part of or the Spirit of God to make himself known to us. Which kind of leads me to this third descriptive term. These spiritual gifts are supernatural ability to help other people experience God. Think about that for just a moment. That, that God the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer in Jesus who lives inside of you, God the Holy Spirit would allow people like us to, to be part of helping others 
experience God. And when you think about the experience that you've had with God and that, that you would get to be part of that, that somebody else could be part, could experience God too, and this isn't just on you, like, hey, figure it out, man, good luck. This is a supernatural ability. This is a gift given to you so that you could be part of helping somebody else experience God. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, talking about these gifts, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ and to him be the glory and power forever and ever, amen. So there's this using of this giftedness so that other people get to experience God and this is supernatural ability that God gives to people like you and me in order to help others experience him. It's, I stand in awe of that, that we would, we would have the opportunity to be part of something so amazing as other people getting to experience the, God the way we've experienced him. So I wanna talk about these Spiritual gifts, I wanna give you four things that are about them, and the first two are kinda of in the singular. So they're about, I'm gonna say you, and by that I'm gonna mean you and me, singular people, and then the next, one, next two are about us, you know, we together. So the first thing that you've gotta know about spiritual gifts is you have spiritual gifts. You have spiritual gifts. If you didn't know that, or if you think, of all the Christian people, I don't have anything to offer. Like there are no exceptions to this deal. You have spiritual gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus, God the Holy Spirit comes to take residence in you, he comes to live inside of you, and part of what he does for you is he gives you spiritual gifts. He gives you something to share with us. And there are no exceptions to that. There's no such thing as a Christian person who does not have something from God the Holy Spirit to offer to the rest of us. So, so nobody's missing out on this deal. There's, there's nobody who, who, who doesn't have one. So you have one or more spiritual gifts. And it's a beautiful thing that God would give that to us. So I wanna talk about like what these gifts kind of might be. If you're wondering, kind of scratching your head, okay, you've talked enough about gifts, what are we talking about here? So let me give you four categories of gifts because the Bible makes some lists. There's a lot of conversation on whether the lists are comprehensive or whether they are just examples of different ways that gifts show up in our lives. I lean towards its examples, but I'm not against somebody saying this is comprehensive. So the easiest way through all of that is to give you kind of some bigger categories. So four categories of these spiritual gifts. The first category of these spiritual gifts are miracle gifts. Miracle gifts. Most of these are discussed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And when I say miracle gifts, I'm talking about stuff that happens that there is no explanation other than God is in our midst and he is making himself known. And it's stuff like somebody who is sick is immediately healed and stuff like somebody who does not know what to do, somebody else says, I think the Lord is telling you through me, this is, and it's right. I mean, like there's, amazing, miraculous kind of stuff that happens. And, and those bullet points under that, these miracle gifts, the first thing to say about that is this is normal, but not normative. So, all right, so I'm gonna break those two down for you. So by normal, we are Christian people. We live in relationship with the creator God. He has, he has said he is our God and we are his people 
and he watches over us and comes to our aid and comes to our defense. And he has given us his spirit who lives inside of us. So, so there are things that happen for Christian people that we can't, like that they just defy explanation other than the Lord our God stepped in and did something for us. And that's a normal thing. It's, it's not like it never happens. or It's a normal thing for Christian people to experience miraculous intervention in their lives and through other Christian people because God does most of what he does through others. So it's normal, but it's not normative. Right? So what I mean by that, it's not the test. Miracle stuff is not the test for who's a Christian. So you, you can't do or you haven't experienced something particularly miraculous in your life. There's, there are Christian people out there who will point at some of this miraculous stuff and say, if that hasn't happened to you or for you, then you need to look back at your commitment to Jesus. Like, it's not a test. This miracle stuff is not a test. So it's not normative. And it is also, it's not a test for who's the best Christian or which church is the best, the one that has the most miracles. Those must be full of the best Christian. It's not that. And, and the scriptures are very clear that these miracle gifts, they're normal for us to experience, but they're not the test for anything. Right? So they're normal, but they're not normative. They're also, they're a work of God, not human beings. And when this, when this, amazing, stuff, this amazing stuff happens, the person that it happens through or the people that it happens to, it happens in such a way that, that everybody involved goes, oh, the Lord is here. You know, the Lord, the Lord has stepped in to my life. Not in a way of, oh, look at that person. Did you see what they just did? And not in a, oh, look at me. Did you see what just happened here? It's, it is, it is clearly a work of God and not a work of human beings when these, these miracle things show up in our lives. The third thing is a question here. And whether it's constant or occasional, and this is a question that I'm still wrestling through. So I try not to work out my theology in front of you. I try to have it kind of all packaged up and at least some semblance of understanding before I stand up here. But on this one, I don't. So like, you're just gonna get the questions that I'm still asking. So the questions that I'm asking when you're talking about this miracle stuff that goes on, particularly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about stuff like healing and words of wisdom and words of knowledge, like there's a list of things that happen there. Is that like somebody's spiritual gift so that a person is always a healer or is this something that God decides to do and this week he kind of happened to do it through me, but next time he shows up in our midst to do it, he might do it through somebody else. And so I'm, I'm processing this. Are, are, there, are there people who have these miraculous gifts and they always have these miraculous gifts or are, are there people who are open to the work of God in their life together and some? God, sometimes one person has it and sometimes another person has it and so nobody ever says, oh hey, I'm the one who can tell the future. It's, oh hey, the Lord told us something that's coming for our benefit so we can prepare to be a blessing to other people. And so here's where I'm leaning 
I'm leaning towards occasional. I'm leaning towards these kinds of gifts, these miraculous kinds of gifts are not constant, so there's not a person who is a healer as much as there is healing that happens when God decides to step into people's lives. Then here's the last thing about this, and this is really important. This is the one that the scripture is really probably most clear about on all this stuff as it relates to the miracle gifts. They're actually not the greatest gifts. From God's perspective, from the benefit to the church, from the purposes for which God has given gifts to people, the miracle gifts actually aren't the greatest gifts. And the scripture's very clear about this. And the reason the scripture's very clear about this is because you and I as people, when we see something astounding happen, our natural bent is to say, oh, this is the most amazing thing. This is obviously from God. Let's dial in, focus on this, and see if we can chase this out. And what the scripture is abundantly clear about is that these are, these are gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives or does through his people, but they're not, they're not the greatest gifts. So there, there are actually gifts that are more valuable and that we're supposed to pursue. So that first category, miracle gifts. Second category is helping gifts. Helping gifts. And these are, these are people who like to help with, like a supernatural ability to help with stuff. And oftentimes it's task-oriented. So these are, these are people who like to, come along, they just have this supernatural desire, supernatural motivation, supernatural ability to come alongside and help with stuff, to do things. And if you read through some of the lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament, giving, serving, leading, like these are, these are those kinds of gifts, and there's not a whole lot of explanation about these gifts and how they show up in our midst, which I think is really good because, you know, this some of these gifts are talked about, like they were written to first century Roman, Corinthian people, and what helping looked like in first century Rome or first century Corinth is way different than what helping looks like in 21st century you know, United States, North America. And so, so there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of conversation. So I was thinking about this, and for us, all the different ways that these helping gifts get shared here at Christ's community, people help. Our kids' ministry, people help keep the church clean. They get it all set up for us to use. Probably the most important people are people who help make the coffee. People who help with technology, keep stuff up and running. I mean, we have services live. We have services online because people work on our technology. They help with that stuff. People who watch over the finances, people who help with things like strategic planning. I mean, you find people with helping gifts. Often, these people with helping gifts are behind the scenes, and, and if you walk up to them and say thank you, they'll, they'll smile at you and be kind and polite, but if you ever said, hey, we wanna bring you up on stage and we wanna let everybody know what you do and we want everybody to cheer for you, the helping give people are gonna be like, nope. I am, because stages are not their thing. Helping is their thing and being alongside and doing stuff is their thing. And God the Holy Spirit allows people like you and me to be part of God's greater mission in the world by helping do stuff. He gives us this divine desire and ability to do that. The next category of gifts, so these are a little different, these are supporting gifts. So we're helping gifts are 
are about tasks, doing stuff. Supporting gifts are often with people. And so, so if the Holy Spirit has given you gifts that kind of fall in this supporting category, you have, you have the desire and the ability to come alongside other people. And oftentimes it's people who are in, in like really going through it, in the midst of some things, and, and blow some wind in their sails. And I kind of gave you there on the screen um, encouragement, showing mercy. If you were to read through some of the lists in the New Testament that give out the list of gifts, those are the kind of gifts that you'd have. And then I've, I've singled out prophecy there because first of all, when somebody says, hey, prophecy, that, we don't really know what to do with that because oftentimes we're thinking about, uh-oh, somebody's claiming they can tell the future. And sometimes that's part of the gift of prophecy. But really, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is simply speaking to other people for their strengthening, for their encouragement, for their comfort. And that is, in the totality of scriptures, it talks about these gifts that God the Holy Spirit says or, you know, that he gives to us. If you're gonna dial in on one and say, man, I really want that particular gift, we're told that this is the one. That, that you would desire to be able to speak words of strength, encouragement, and comfort into the lives of other people. And I read that, I'm like, yes, please, fill like fill my life with people who have this gift because what would your life be like if, if you had people around you at every turn who were willing, from God, not just from themselves or their comforting, encouraging kind of people, but from God, they have this supernatural desire and this supernatural ability to speak words of strength and comfort and encouragement to you. Like That'd be an awesome thing. So the, there's these supporting gifts. And then this last little category here, is speaking and serving gifts. And this is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. I really appreciate how when the Apostle Peter is writing about these things, he really just kind of lumped it into these two categories. He said, so if, you, if anybody speaks, then do it, with, you know, do it with the words that come from God, and if anybody serves, do it with the strength that God provides. And so for me, this is like when we're back and way back, kind of getting the high view of, you know, 10,000 foot view of these things, this is, these are really helpful categories to think about. Oh, these gifts that God gives, they kind of run in one of two spots. They're either gifts that come from my mouth or gifts that come from my hands. And, and that's kind of how he, how he breaks that down for us. And I'm betting, you know, it was quick, I'm betting that one or more of that, like those categories resonated with you. That you're like, yeah, I, that might be me. I certainly know some people who fit into that. I wonder about, so it creates natural curiosity for us about, so, okay, so how do I know what, how do I know what my gifts are? You know, if, if, if you're tracking with me and if you'll buy the biblical statement that you have spiritual gifts, how do you know what your spiritual gifts are. And so I'm gonna tell you, there are spiritual gift tests, there are spiritual gift inventories, there are a lot of different ways that you can kind of explore this. We actually have some in our database that you could get to if you wanted to. Contact the office, they'll help you get there. But the way to know what your gifts are is to, to get connected to the greater mission that God is on. It's to get connected to the purposes of the gifts. 
So to, to get connected to what God is doing, which is bigger than just yourself, and so to connect there or to engage with people, not just, not just surface level engagement, but to engage at deep levels, heart and spirit, and see how God shows up in that. You know, see how, see how God uses you to help other people experience him. And you have, so you have gifts, and you discover them by getting connected to those descriptive purposes of, of these spiritual gifts. And you don't have to be able to name them. It's not a test. If somebody walks up to you and says, hey, do you know what your spiritual gifts are, and you can't say, I have this, 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 and you don't know, that's okay. If you're connected to God's greater mission, something bigger than yourself, you're investing in the lives of people, coming alongside and helping, odds are pretty good. There's some people in your life who if you said, hey, do you, could you guys help me figure out what my, what my gifts might be? They could look at you and say, oh yeah, you have those helping gifts, you have those support gifts, oh, you have, like they could probably tell you what your gifts are because you're exercising them and they're showing up in people's lives. So those are, those are the broad categories of our gifts. So all that, that's point one. I said I was gonna tell you four things about spiritual gifts. So, First one is for you, you have a gift. You have multiple gifts. This is a gifted group of people, I can tell by looking at you. So you have gifts. Second thing, you are called to be a faithful steward of God's grace. These gifts are God's grace to you, for us. And so you are called, I'm called, to be a faithful steward of God's grace. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, again, talking about these gifts, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The stewardship of these gifts that God gives to his people is serving others. That's the stewardship. And so a fair question for us to ask ourselves then is how am I serving others in ways that have me connected to something bigger than just myself, God's, God's greater mission, God's greater purpose in our world? How am I serving other people in ways that have me connected to that? How am I serving other people in ways that help like that God makes himself known to them through me. You know, to be asking ourselves the questions because if you're a believer in Jesus, you have gifts. And, and we're called to be faithful stewards of those gifts and the way we steward them is to serve other people in the purposes for which God has given these gifts to us. And so, so, so we have to steward our gifts if we're gonna be faithful. So God looks at his people and says, I've given you these gifts, you're supposed to use them. Serve other people for my purposes. All right, so that's to you and to me. You have gifts and you should faithfully steward them. Now to us as a church, here's two things. I'll move through this pretty quickly. The first one, we are called to unity, honor, and love for each other. This, these conversations about giftedness, about the way God has gifted different ones of us, there's, in the New Testament, when this conversation comes up, there's, 
There's great big chunks of scripture that are dedicated to, hey, when, when we start looking at ourselves, because again, we're human, so when we start looking at ourselves, and some people have, have gifts from God that, that put them in you know, one kind of scenario, and other people have gifts from God that put them in a different scenario, and very natural for us to start looking at things and saying, oh, that lady must be a better Christian because she's got that gift that makes her whatever, and oh, that guy must, <laughs> his gift has him over here, and nobody even knows he's alive as he exercises. Like, we, we rank in order, we do, we rank in order ourselves. And so in these conversations about giftedness to the church, we are called to unity. That whole idea of being a body, where we're, we are one body, many parts, and, and if, some, if part of it's missing, like part of it's missing, doesn't matter which part it is. And so we're all part of this one body and we are together. One of the sections talks about one faith, one Lord, one spirit, one baptism, like one body, it's one mission, like we have, we're all on one thing and so unity, honor, honor, that each of us honors who God has made somebody else to be. However that expresses itself in their life and in their service to other people, nobody's, nobody's worthy of, of great honor and, and then somebody else is worthy of lesser honor. This is cool, where'd these gifts come from? They came from God. So why would we look at somebody else and say, hey, the gift that God gave you, uh, you're fourth in line. Um, we're gonna put three people ahead of you before we let you, it's crazy talk. So, so we are to honor each other as we, in, as we acknowledge God at work in our midst. Chuck Swindoll told a little story about kids in a clubhouse making rules for the summertime, and they had, they had three rules, and they're great rules for the church when this giftedness stuff comes up. First rule is nobody acts big, because like, nobody should have the big head over gifts that God has given to them. Second rule is nobody acts little, because nobody should have the idea that they are less than or inferior because of the gifts that God has given to them. The third rule is everybody acts medium. Right, let's, let's just, let's honor each other. And then the last piece is love for each other. That, that we're called to love one another. In every one of the sections, I wanna show you these verses, in every one of the sections that talks about spiritual gifts, around those sections of spiritual gifts are these concepts of unity, honor, and love. Romans chapter 12, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Love must be sincere. Honor one another above yourselves. And right in the middle of all that is this little section on what spiritual gifts look like in our lives. First Corinthians chapter 12, one spirit, one body. Right after First Corinthians chapter 12, the awesome statement, the chapter, the love chapter, First Corinthians 13, all these gifts, but let me show you the most excellent way, love for each other. First Peter chapter four talks about the gifts and it says above all, love each other deeply. And so, so for us as a church, when we talk about giftedness, we've gotta lean into this idea of unity, honor, and love for each other. And then there's this last thing, this is the fourth thing for us in this giftedness conversation. Together, we change the world. Together, we change the world. All these gifts, all these gifts, when we are using them for the purposes that God has given to us, it it brings about change in our individual lives and in our circles, but they accomplish greater purpose. They facilitate God's work in our world. First Peter chapter four, verse 10, I read this a little bit ago, verse 10, 11, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to, 
serve others and skipping down so that in all things, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. This is the reason we're using our gifts to serve other people is so that in all things, God may be praised. And Jesus looks at his followers, recorded in John 13, and he says, by this, everyone's gonna know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So our vision statement as a church, we talk about honoring Jesus, loving each other, and serving our neighbors. And each one of those is a loaded term. But this conversation about gifts, like that really falls into the love each other section of our vision statement. We wanna love each other really well. So how do you know if you're loving each other well? So temptation is to, well, do I feel really loved? Right, when I, when I go to church, when I engage with my church, with our church body, do I feel like I'm really loved there? And the temptation is to set things up so that we all feel really loved. We feel really good about being loved by each other. But what you get, if, if your focus is, or if your test for winning, if you're keeping score by how we feel about being loved, what we're back to is that idea of pursuing happiness, that I'm gonna set my life up so that I can be happy. And we chase it, but we never quite catch it. And the same thing is true with feeling loved. How do you know if the church is really good at loving each other? It's not that we set everything up so that we all come in and then go out feeling really loved. How you and I know that we're winning as it relates to loving each other is by the difference we're making in our world. Because Jesus said, this is, this is how everybody's gonna know that you're my people, that you belong to me is how well you love each other. And when they know that we belong to him, that makes a massive difference in their life. And so, so you and I, when we're loving each other well, what happens for us is God pours his love out into our hearts. And his love flows through us into the lives of us. And as we love each other well, his love flows out of us into the lives of the people who are in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our neighbors near and far to the ends of the earth. That's how you and I know that we're loving each other well. Not do I feel loved, by coming here, because that's, we are just chasing our tail if all we're trying to do is make sure that we feel loved in this. How do we know that we're loving each other well? What kind of difference are we making out there? Because when we pour our lives into one another, all men know that we follow Jesus, and in all things, God is praised through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're after as a church, is that not just in this place, God is at work. He's at work here, and he's at work in us, we're after as a church that by the power of his spirit who lives within us, we're making a big lasting difference and getting to enjoy deep meaning and satisfaction in our lives because God is using us in the lives of the people around us. So that's what we wanna experience. I, I want you to be part of that as well. And so I wanna wrap all this up by praying for us, the prayer that we've been praying through this series. 
I'm gonna ask you if you're willing that just to turn your hands over as a posture, just a physical posture of, of releasing whatever you might be holding on to that would, would keep God from being able to do his work in your life and of a willingness to receive what God would wanna give you in this next little bit. So if you'd turn your hands over and bow your head and close your eyes and let me read and pray this prayer for us. Generous God, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that we may be strengthened to serve you better. We thank you for the wisdom of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to make us wise to understand your will. We thank you for the peace of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to keep us confident of your love wherever you call us. We thank you for the healing of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to bring reconciliation and wholeness where there is division, sickness, and sorrow. We thank you for the gifts of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to equip us for the work which you have given us. We thank you for the fruit of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to reveal in our lives the love of Jesus. We thank you for the breath of your Holy Spirit given by the risen Lord. We ask you to keep the whole church living and departed in the joy of eternal life. Generous God, as you sent your Holy Spirit upon your Messiah at the River Jordan and upon the disciples in the upper room, in your mercy, fill us with your spirit. And we are praying these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So if you would like somebody to pray with you right now, those of you here in this room, there'll be prayer leaders who are down front. Those of you who are online, if you'd hit the request prayer button, somebody would be happy to pray with you about whatever. This would be a great opportunity for you to just leave it before the Lord, the altar of prayer. Hope you'll take advantage of that. I love you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. God bless you. We'll see you next week.